Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The first reading from this weekend's reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, and it's one of the greatest passages in all of the Old Testament, let alone all of the Bible. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Notice what it says. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers, the day I took them by hand and led them forth from the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, and I had to show myself their master, says the Lord. But this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Scripture scholars refer to this passage as the gospel before the gospels, because it is the most sublime teaching in all of the Old Testament. Therefore, we must appreciate the context in which it is all set in. Jeremiah is addressing the Israelite people, but they're living as slaves in Babylon, which is present-day Iraq. Remember last week we learned that due to the Israelites' own spiritual and moral complacency that made them weak and susceptible to being conquered, and they were just that, They were conquered by the Babylonians, and they were taken to live in Babylon, to live in a foreign country with a foreign language and foreign values, and they were miserable because they lived as slaves. Well, now Jeremiah is sent by God to preach to the Israelites, give them a message of hope, and not just hope, the promise of a covenant that is going to be radically different from the covenant of previous forefathers. Notice what he says, But this covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. Well, this is monumental. This is a radically new covenant because this covenant will be intrinsic to the Israelites. It will be part of who they are, a source of their identity. Now, we have to understand God made covenants prior to this. First, the covenant with Abraham, in which God promises that Abraham's descendants will be more numerous than the stars of the sky, and from his descendants become God's chosen people, the Israelites. The covenant that he makes with Moses, he gives Moses the Torah, the law. And in doing so, now the Israelites have the law, have the instruction that they need to always be in a right relationship with God. How about the covenant with David? Here God promises David from his lineage, from his line, the Messiah will come to save the world. Now all these covenants are extrinsic to the Israelites. They're external to the people. And in doing so, these covenants are written on 
stone tablets, or maybe they're made from animal sacrifices. Now, these promises are handed over generation after generation. We refer to them as the oral tradition. Parents tell their children the laws and how they are to live their lives and practice their faith. Well, those children now tell their children in generation after generation. And here lies the problem. These covenants were external. They weren't internal to the Israelites. They weren't part of their essence, part of their makeup. They were not the source of their identity. And after a while, they no longer followed the covenants, nor the laws associated with these covenants. And that's where they got into trouble. I'll give you a good analogy to help you understand this better. Right now, our country is in tax season. Many of us have filed our taxes, state and federal, or right now are preparing to file. Now, in reality, nobody wants to pay income taxes. But we know we have to. We know that our state and our federal government needs that money to provide for programs like Medicare and Medicaid, as well as the military and infrastructure and so on. We acknowledge this. It is important and necessary for our states as well as for our country. But again, nobody wants to pay their income taxes. So what do some people do? Well, they start tweaking the laws. Maybe they become more aggressive with their deductions. Maybe a little bit more aggressive in their business expenses so as to pay less taxes. But they still pay. But nonetheless, they tinker with the laws, the tax laws, to their own advantage. Now apply that to the Israelites and the covenants that they made with God. Now the Israelites knew these covenants were important. The laws associated with them were necessary to live their lives and to practice their faith. But after a while, the Israelites, they recognized these laws didn't shape their identity, forming them as God's chosen people. Consequently, they began to modify the laws. They began to tinker or tweet these laws, such that the laws were adopted to accommodate the Israelites' lifestyle. And that's why they became morally and spiritually corrupt. That's why God says in the first reading, they broke my covenant and I had to show myself as their master. And so he punishes them. But then he turns around and does something radically different, something that nobody expected. He establishes a new covenant, unlike any other. As God says, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. What's the implication? The law is going to be part of the Israelites' identity. It's going to be part of their own makeup. So too with us. When you think about the Catholic Church, we are governed by doctrine and dogma, by the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. Those are our laws. And those laws are a source of our identity. Because we follow those laws, now we know who we are as Catholics. If we deny those laws then we deny who we truly are. And so, for us as Catholics, the laws of our church identify us as a Catholic people. Now, you may ask yourself, well, when does this take place, the law written on our hearts, when Christ was born? St. Anselm once said, Through Jesus Christ, God obtained the human heart. Well, that is so true. After Christ was born, 
Now the law is written on our hearts. Christ changed the human heart to accommodate the law of God. Notice what it also says. God says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Well, we have to realize we truly are a gift from God. And we are worthy of that great gift and the great sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf on the cross. More to it, we are reminded of the level of intimacy that God desires for each and every one of us. great example of this is the call of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. God calls Jeremiah and he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I dedicated you, a prophet to all the nations. That's the level of intimacy that God desires for each and every one of us. In fact, God knows us better than we know ourselves. We have to realize our God is not a God that is some far-off distant figure waiting to be found or wants to be on the periphery competing with all the things that we have going on in our life. No, our God desires to be at the very heart, the very center of our life. That's why the law is written on our hearts. It becomes part of our identity and who we are. And so, what is our response to all this? Well, if we truly believe we are a gift from God, then we must live out that gift. Our natural inclination is to live as a person God created to be, or the person God intended for us to be. Now, this is challenging now more than ever. In our society, our culture, and our world. Our culture and our society tells us how we should live our life, what we should say, what we should do, what type of lifestyle we should adopt, to be politically correct. But that's not biblical. I often give you that quote from St. Irenaeus, God is glorified when the human being is fully alive. Well, when are we fully alive? When we are being and living out the person that God intended us to be, then we are glorifying God. What's important? To continue to nurture the gift that God has given us. How best do we do it? Through the Eucharist. Every time we come to Mass, we are nurtured by God's Word, but also by God's body and blood. The Eucharist reaffirms our identity as Catholics and that the law truly is written on our hearts. More to it, the Eucharist grounds us in our mission to live our life in the person that God intended us to be. The Eucharist continues to reestablish our sense of gift, that we are a gift from God, and the Eucharist strengthens us to live out that gift so as to be now a gift given back to God by serving God and others in this world. And that is so, so important. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, reread this first reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. We only have one week left of Lent. Next weekend, we celebrate Palm Sunday, which is the very beginning of Holy Week. Well, this first reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah sets the tone for Holy Week. It tells us exactly who we are, what our identity is, and how we live that out each and every day of our life. And may the peace and the grace 
of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.